Edit audio. Hello, and welcome to Confessions, a podcast by Cosmo where your secrets are safe with us. My name is Mia Lardier, and today I am joined by my guest co-host, Cosmo's senior editor of news analysis and opinion, Noreen Khan. Hi, Noreen. Hello. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Thanks for coming on today. Yeah, I'm so excited. So in this podcast, we respond to anonymous confessions with help from a guest expert to try and give some advice. Before we get into this week's confession, do you have something that you want to confess? Oh, my God. I have such a juicy confession. Tell me. (laughs) (laughs) So I just got back from a week-long trip to Southern California, Uh and this has never happened to me before, but I think that I could be a California girly. Controversial. I know. I feel like I'm having impure thoughts. (laughs) Um, Truly, like, I ride so hard for New York City. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I've been here for eight years, and I've, you know, wanted to move here for much longer than that. And even when, like, New York is, like, beating me up, yeah. I'm like, yes, yes, New York. This is the best thing. <laughs> yeah, this is the best thing. Like, you are so majestic that yes. it's fine. I love people watching in the city, and yeah. I love eating dumplings and flushing. Anyways, I'm not going to give you the whole list about New York. But right. I went on this week-long trip to Southern California, and I was, like, hiking around and yeah. juicing. Oh, wow. You went <laughs> and, to Erewhon? <laughs> yes, I did go to Erewhon, and I had brown rice balls wow. and a, a super green salad. And you know what? It wasn't bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. But yeah, on this particular trip, I was like, oh, my God, I can maybe, like, see this for myself. Like, maybe I will become an insufferable. California person one day and like take meetings and juice and eat sprouted mung beans and the hemp milk and (laughs) and I was like you know I was driving up and down the coast of Malibu and like gawking at the beautiful beautiful. houses there so maybe that's why but I felt very dirty having my dirty (laughs) thoughts about California. All right. Well, we'll see you in a few weeks if Noreen is uh, riding for the West Coast still. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. If I abdicate. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So let's get into uh, today's confession. Today's confession comes from a woman in her 60s who is single and not so ready to mingle. She's having trouble finding the fun and sex with new partners at this age and suspects that her childhood might be to blame. Confessions Robot, take it away. I'm single in my 60s and I'm finding that enjoying sex is more difficult than I thought it might be. My body has changed and I don't feel as sexy as I did when I was in my 30s. Plus, getting naked in front of someone who isn't your lifelong partner is nerve-wracking. I get nervous and feel self-conscious under new eyes. The joke among women my age is that it's better to be on the bottom so your skin sags into the bed instead of on top of your partner. I think a lot of this stems from the way our generation was raised. In our day, sex was very private and personal. You whispered about it among your girlfriends and we didn't have articles or TV shows to show us what's what. In school, sex ed was just about your sexual organs. We definitely didn't learn about anal or oral sex. Sex was also saved for marriage, and thus, the double standard was born. Boys could experiment sexually out of wedlock, but if a girl did, they'd be called names and her potential as a bride would plummet. Maybe tapping into my sexuality brings up some of this deeply embedded shame. I'm wondering, how can I learn to have fun with sex at my age? I have many years ahead of me, and I'd like to spend them playfully, not anxiously. P.S. Why didn't anyone tell me that your hair down there turns white when you get older, too? Our guest today is Michelle Hardenbrook. She is a 71-year-old mother of two grown children. She's been divorced for nearly three decades. 
She worked in corporate jobs until the age of 55 when she became unemployed and turned to sex work to pay for her son's college expenses and her own monthly expenses. She started her OnlyFans page at the age of 69 during COVID lockdown when she couldn't see clients. Her OnlyFans account went viral and so did her two Twitter accounts. She's been written about in multiple publications and had a documentary made about her by Vice Media. Well, hi, Michelle. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm happy to be here and I'm glad that you asked me. You know, before we get into this reader's confession, tell us a little bit about what your sexual journey looked like after you turned 40 and then maybe after you turned 60. Okay. Well, I had a hysterectomy at 38. Okay. And I didn't realize that my orgasms would change. Oh, wow. How did they change for you? They were less intense. Hmm. And I thought, bummer. Yeah, right. But because I am the type of person that sees the glass half full, Mm -hmm. I was appreciative of being able to still have an orgasm. Yeah, of course, of course. And so, okay, the, you know, the quality isn't, uh, my head isn't being blown off is what I'm thinking. Right. Yeah. But, you know, okay, it's still nice. Right. You know, yeah. I mean, I never met an orgasm I didn't like. Yeah, I can attest to that. And so I struggled <laughs> with that. Now, see, between the ages of 43 and 56, mm-hmm. I didn't have any sex at mm-hmm. all. By choice? Well, it wasn't a choice, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had been married to a man mm-hmm. who was using me for my money and he didn't mm-hmm. want to have sex with me mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. uh one day i came home from work and my condo was empty wow all my furniture was gone all my dishes pots and pans silverware even my clothes all i had he left a vacuum and the phone sitting on the floor in the middle of the living room and a 10-page letter about how i was such a lousy wife oh, and and i looked around and i i thought well it'll be easy to vacuum now <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, nothing in your way. Well, that's really glass half full. And yeah. so that was the first three years of not having any sex. And so by then, I kind of felt like my sell-by date was passed. Mm-hmm. And I figured that nobody would want me. And it wasn't until uh, 2006, uh, when I moved to California to San Diego to take a new job, mm-hmm that I actually had sex for the first time in 12 Mm. years. And it was over in like 15 seconds (laughs) uh, because the guy hadn't had sex in 10 years. Oh, wow. So he was just ready to go. (laughs) Yeah, you know, but it was was very interesting to me because in the 12th year of my celibacy, I only masturbated one time. Wow. And I only did that for upkeep, Mm. you know, use it or lose it. Your body basically says, oh, who needs that? But once I had sex again, Mm -hmm. it was like, okay, I'm not going 12 years without this. You enjoyed it (laughs) even though it was 15 seconds. (laughs) And then um, shortly thereafter, I got involved in sex work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The OnlyFans started what year? Oh, 2020. 2020, okay. Yeah, prior to that, I was working as an escort. Well, I started with full body sensuous massage with happy endings. And then I added to that escort work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I did that from uh, 2007 until COVID. Mm-hmm. And so I knew in January of 2020 that I was going to have surgery in March of mm-hmm. 2020. Wow, what timing. And I would be out of commission, so I couldn't see my clients. So right. I had to do something else in order to earn money. Mm-hmm. And someone suggested only fans. Well, they suggested many different sites, but only fans was the one that I settled on. 
And so I put up some content and everything and um, wasn't exactly getting much uh, response. And so I went on to Twitter. I had 239 followers on mm-hmm. Twitter. And I went on to Twitter and I posted this little video. It was only like 56 seconds long. Mm-hmm. Me asking for volunteers to come to my home mm-hmm. to have sex with me so I could post it on OnlyFans. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize that that little video went viral. You found your audience. <laughs> and the next morning when I got up, my phone was dead. And I thought, what the hell? It was uh-huh. fully charged when I went to sleep. Yeah. And I had missed like 400 phone calls wow. and, you know, like 600 text messages. And then I go over to Twitter because I'm thinking, what the hell's going on? Right. I go over to Twitter and I have picked up 2,500 followers. Wow. So I, I guess my question is, as you've gotten into sex work in person and then transitioned into like the online space, mm-hmm. was it empowering? How did you feel personally entering that work and, and reinvigorating sex for yourself? For me... Being in sex work was greatly empowering Mm. because there were men that find me very attractive. Mm -hmm. Right. And that really boosts your ego. Yeah. And, you know, to the person who wrote in their confession, I didn't have the problem with being naked in front Mm -hmm. of men I don't even know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because during the time when I wasn't having sex, I worked on me. That's great. And I used to stand in front of a full-length mirror, totally nude. Mm -hmm. And instead of focusing on the things that I think are wrong with my body, I focused on the things that were right with my body. Again, half full, not half empty. Yeah. And I thought, and I, I think this every day, I am so grateful that this body, who's almost 72 years old, gets me from point A to point B every Mm -hmm. day without Mm -hmm. me having to do anything. Yeah. You know, everything inside of me functions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you got to be grateful for that. That's a great attitude. You know, and it's like, if there's things that you don't like about your body, then honey, put on some lingerie. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I hear that. You know, it covers a multitude of sin. (laughs) (laughs) It's like if you've got a little bit of a pouch, then put on something like a baby doll. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, because trust me, when you're with a man, you know, if he's a man of any kind of quality, he's mm-hmm. not going to be sitting there, you know, judging you as he's looking at you. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I did have one client, you know, and I got all, all undressed and everything. And he goes, I thought you would have a perfect body. Oof. And I said, really, why would you think that? And he says, because of the work you're in. And I said, you know, my clients actually like the fact that I'm just real. Right. This is what it is. Yeah. And I said, if you don't want to stay, I'll certainly give your money back. And he right. goes, no, I'll stay. Yeah, I thought you would. You yeah. know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you should be like, I do have a perfect body. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's perfect for me. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> I'm curious, Michelle, how from the period of like not having sex to going into sex work, like, is that something that you'd always thought about? Like, how did you transition into that that line of work? Oh, boy, that was tricky. Hmm. Yeah, I had to really think about that for a while, but it, it helped that I was uh, in Southern California in San Diego and suddenly unemployed, hmm. you know, at the age of 55 going on 56. Mm-hmm. And so someone told me I should do a full body sensuous massage with happy endings. And I said, well, that sounds nice. What is it? 
because mm-hmm. I didn't know. Right, right. And and so he told me what it was, and you know that you give the, the massage, and then you jerk the guy off at the end. I'm like, oh, I could do that. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> Easy peasy. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and so once I reconciled in my own head that if you do this, you probably will never have any new friends. Mm. You probably will be outed. Mm. And so I didn't have any trouble once I made up my mind of the things that I would lose by doing this, Mm. but I would gain financially. Mm -hmm. You know, I probably would make a lot more money than I ever made in my life. Mm -hmm. And so once I got to that point, I put up an ad on Craigslist back when they had the erotic section. Mm. And my first week, I had 25 appointments. Wow. It was 25 appointments in four days. Mm -hmm. And then I took three days off. Mm -hmm. And I thought to myself, okay, we've established two things. There is a market for a woman my age Mm -hmm. and 25 appointments in four days is too many. Mm -hmm. And so I decided how much money I had to earn, divided it by my hourly rate. And that's how many clients I'd have to see Mm -hmm. uh, in a month. Mm -hmm. And I functioned that way from 2007 until 2020 when I started my OnlyFans and stopped seeing clients. It helps that I had children Mm. because when you're in the throes of labor and your crotch is facing an open door <laughs> and people are walking by, yep. modesty just really goes out the window. You know, <laughs> it's like, really? I'm in so much pain. Do I give a f-? Right. Exactly. You know? <laughs> After that, I was just never really shy about my body. Now, prior to that, I was. Mm-hmm. I used to carry a list in my purse that was like 203 different things that were wrong with my body. Wow. And, you know, now uh, my my third husband sent me a whole bunch of photographs mm-hmm. that he had taken of me back in 1980. Mm-hmm. And I'm nude or semi-nude. And I look at those pictures and I go, what the hell were you thinking, Michelle? You were steaming hot. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, burn that list. <laughs> I mean, come on. You know, yeah. I wish I had that body now. Right. But I don't. I've got the one I got. Right. And it works perfectly fine, mm-hmm. just the way it is. Yeah. It's about perspective, I guess, when you see those kinds of things. Yeah, I think that's such a familiar feeling to me. Like, yeah. at every age that I am, I struggle with whatever insecurities. Right. And then when I look back on that age later, I'm like, what was I talking right. about? What was exactly. I thinking? Exactly. And it's hard to sort of come to that mindset, like in the present. Right. Um, yeah. And Michelle, I'm curious about like, it sounds like you do struggle with insecurities. Do you have anything to tell the listener about sort of grappling with her own? Like, how can mm-hmm. she get in a better mindset? The way I got in a better mindset was examining why I felt the way I felt. Mm. Like, why am I concerned about stretch marks? Mm. Mm-hmm. Who gets stretch marks? Everybody. And you know what I found <laughs> yeah. out? Yeah. Probably 90% of all the humans on this planet have stretch marks somewhere. Right. Men get them on their backside. They can't see them. So they're not aware that they're there. Right. They're there. They're there. (laughs) (laughs) Michelle, was this this kind of self-reflection, was this something that you did on your own volition or is it something you did in therapy or like how did did you come to this? I, I did it on my own. 
That's great. You know, I knew there was a problem here. Mm-hmm. I knew that I did not find myself comfortable in my sexuality. I, I couldn't even figure out what my sexuality was. Right. And um, I would get various different books on sex and wonder how come I'm not experiencing what these books are describing. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm a very literal person. Hmm. And so I finally figured out through masturbation that, oh, wait a minute, you are experiencing these things. Mm-hmm. It's just that the way it's written, it sounds like it's a long, drawn-out process. Mm. And it really isn't. Because if I masturbate, within seven minutes, I'm done. Yeah. But then, you know, trying to have sex with a man, and this goes back to the original question, as you get older, your body responds differently, and lots of things can cause that. Mm. Medications that you're on, mm-hmm. for me the medications I'm on give me kind of a numb feeling mm-hmm. on my clit. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. it, it takes longer to have an orgasm. And sometimes I can't because I, uh, I just can't get there. Yeah. Yeah. And so your body actually does change. Mm. And when you hit menopause, that's like a slap in the face. Right. Right. Everything changes. I mean, not only are you having the hot flashes and the night sweats and the mood swings and your vagina is drying out, Mm -hmm. suddenly it's sort of like, do I really even want to do this? Mm -hmm. Because I feel like I'm up against these brick walls and how do I knock them down? And I think that it helps if you buy lingerie and Mm. you try it on and you look in the mirror and you find out what part of you you find attractive mm. and, you know, kind of dance around in lingerie yeah. to get comfortable in it. Yeah. I mean, I would love to be, you know, like 30 years old again. Yeah. Right. With the body I had, <laughs> honey, I could make some money. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I am where I am. Right. And yes, about the saggy skin, I know. Mm-hmm. I'm older than the woman that wrote in. And, Mm -hmm. you know, every morning when I get up, I basically check to see if my butt is around my ankles. (laughs) You know, know, because I don't know if you've ever put on baggy pantyhose, you know, where it it slips down and it kind of bags at your knees. Uh Well, when you get older, that happens with your skin. (laughs) And it is what it is. And you have to make do with what you got. Right. For this lady, if she's going to be with someone new, she should have a collection of lingerie that she feels sexy in. Great tip. She has to feel sexy. And then just crawl in bed with him and do the kissing and the touching and, you know, and everything. And just let it, let it happen. Yeah. Relax into it. Don't focus. so mental. Don't focus so much on what he might be thinking. Right. Yeah. He's thinking he's going to get laid. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's what's on his Good mind. deal for yeah. him. And right. so just focus on getting as much pleasure out of the encounter as you can. Right. That's a great way to think about it. And then after it's over and he's gone, you know, do a check on yourself to see how you felt, mm-hmm. understand the things that you felt awkward about, and try mm-hmm. to determine what you could do to make yourself feel more comfortable in that situation again. Mm -hmm. 
Michelle, you've, you've brought up um, masturbation a few times. Um, what is your relationship with masturbation like and how has it helped you lean into your sex life or find new parts of yourself that you didn't realize before? I didn't know a thing about masturbation as I was growing up. Hmm. I remember my mom giving me the sex talk when I was like nine. Mm-hmm. And the thing I couldn't wrap my head around was how does that floppy penis get into the <laughs> vagina? I mean, right. do you roll it up and tuck it right. in? Because <laughs> she left out the erection part. Right, right. Yeah, crucial part. And it wasn't until I was uh, 19 years old and a friend gave me a copy of the book, Everything You Ever Wanted to Know About Sex But Were Afraid to Ask. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I read that book and I thought, oh, now I get it. <laughs> anyway, so I didn't masturbate for the first time until I was 28 years old. Wow. And I actually had to buy a book. It was called For Yourself. Mm-hmm. And it was written by a female gynecologist with instructions on how to masturbate. Wow. And so I tried to follow the instructions, you know, using my finger and the lubrication and uh, it wasn't working. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I finally got a vibrator. And put that on my clit, and about five seconds later, I had an orgasm. Right, yeah. And it's like, wow, okay. I was doing it like two or three times every day. Mm-hmm. And then I got older, and of course, I had children, and you know, and then I had a husband again. And so it kind of alters the way that you masturbate, if you masturbate. Mm-hmm. And so when I was single, again, I would just keep masturbating. A lot of times, that was my only sexual outlet. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed it. Yeah. And it's healthy. Mm-hmm. It's like if you're feeling like you're going to bite somebody's head off, please go into the bathroom and masturbate. Make yourself <laughs> yes. feel better. I know a lot of people who should masturbate more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Probably true. Well, yeah. Little tip from me to you. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, our listener talked a little bit about the shame around sex there was, you know, as she was growing up. And Michelle, I'm wondering if you sort of dealt with shame in your sex life, too, and how you, you know, overcame it. Yeah, I graduated from high school in 1970. And my graduating class was um, like 632 people. And there were like eight girls in our class that were pregnant at the Mm. graduation ceremony and there was a lot of um shame boys were allowed to sow their wild oats Mm -hmm. and girls were not allowed to have wild oats right you know we were supposed to be prim and proper and save yourself for marriage and as if as if they think that the moment you get married you are suddenly a sexual human being Right. You were always a sexual human being. You were born a sexual human being. It doesn't just magically happen when you get married. Mm-hmm. You don't need to be married to be a sexual human being. You are. This is how you were created. And mm-hmm. if you weren't supposed to be having pleasure, you wouldn't have a clit. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, I didn't talk about sex to anybody as a teenager. Even after I got married, there was shame. Like I wasn't supposed to be overly sexual. Mm -hmm. I wasn't supposed to ask for sex. I was supposed to wait and be told. 
when we were going to have sex. Right. And that's just the generation that, you know, I'm from. Mm-hmm. Now, gosh, girls in high school know how to masturbate. I wish I'd known. And I'm speculating here, but I imagine as, you know, even at a younger age, it feels like some people are afraid to experiment with sex toys or try things on their own. Mm-hmm. Um, and as, you know, you get older, I'm sure if you have have children or if you have family or a husband and you aren't very sexually active, it's, you know, there's some still shame around that where it's like, yeah. you know, people don't, you know, over a certain age, maybe don't buy things online and it's like oh well now I have to go to a store and buy a sex toy and like who's going to see me at the store or like if it's delivered to my house who's going to see the package and so there's a lot of shame on just trying around but I think if you try more things and you find what works for you at at any age whether it's toys lingerie um, you know just different techniques whatever you know I think that could help a lot of people maybe our listener to kind of understand, you know, just reset. What do I like? What's going to help me enjoy this process and not make it something that's so, you know, just kind of routine and and maybe boring for me? Yeah. What was interesting to me as I was going through this whole growth process, as I tried lots of different sex toys, mm-hmm. you know, because people would brave about them. It's like, oh, this is great. This is great. And I would uh, buy different sex toys and I'd try them out and i go, well, this isn't working for me. Yeah. And I'm just one of those people that the only thing I really want inserted in my vagina is a penis. Mm-hmm. I don't want a penis replica. And so I would rather just, you know, work on my clit because yeah. it's a guaranteed orgasm. Mm-hmm. Well, I shouldn't say it's guaranteed because as I've gotten older, sometimes it's harder to get there. Right. You know, right. you get right to the peak of the mountain. And you can't get down the other side. And roll back down. Yeah. <laughs> Although I, I have to say that I have discovered that um, the process of climbing up that mountain mm-hmm. is very enjoyable. Mm-hmm. And so even yeah. if I can't get over the other side, it wasn't wasted time because mm-hmm. I had all that pleasure. Right. Yeah. And so it's fine. You know, I'll right. take whatever I can get. Yeah. I was wondering if there is anything on your sexual bucket list that you Mm. haven't tried yet, but that you'd like to. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking. Because I've had an awful lot of sexual experiences. Um, You know, what I would like to do that I haven't done is be with a woman alone. Mm. Because I've been with married couples. Mm -hmm. And so then there's three of us. And usually it's the man's idea for this. Mm-hmm. And I would like to be able to just be with a woman one time mm-hmm. where it's just her and me and That's see great. how that goes. Because I appreciate the female body. Mm-hmm. And I know all the bits and pieces. Yeah. <laughs> and and I, I consider myself bisexual. That's great. You know, our listener didn't say this in her confession, and this isn't a part of her story, but I think if you've considered yourself hetero for your life and you, you know, maybe have a partner, if you have curiosities about being with a woman, being with a man, being with someone who's non-binary, you know, it's a lot to, I think, for some people admit that one to themselves and, you know, have the courage to want to experiment or try something. Um, But, you know, if at our listeners' age, if someone that age is thinking about, you know, maybe I w- I've been with men all my life, but want to try with women, that's that's awesome. And I think that's a really encouraging point to bring up, too, that sexuality can change as we grow. And, you know, maybe a part of that shame is, you know, 
if you came from a really religious background, for example, you know, it's been ingrained in your head that you are supposed to be with a man and that's kind of it. Well, you know, as you get older, you build up an attitude of, I don't care Mm. about what other people think. Mm -hmm. You know, if she's even the least bit curious about being with a woman, she ought to check it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I can tell you that women are going to be less likely to be critical of your body Mm -hmm. than a man of any age. So, Michelle, what is the, the last bit of advice that you would give our listener who is struggling to enjoy sex after 60? Uh, see a doctor to make sure there isn't anything physically wrong. Mm-hmm. And then practice. Mm-hmm. I mean, if she likes porn, watch a little porn to get herself all aroused, you know, mm-hmm. and have an orgasm. Because after you have an orgasm, you don't feel bad about you. Right. Yeah. You feel good. (laughs) And so she needs to practice, practice, practice. Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't work the first time, don't beat yourself up. Mm -hmm. You may have to change the way you're masturbating Mm -hmm. in order to get the orgasm you used to have. Yeah. Yeah. And so be flexible, be inquisitive, go online and check out different sexual toys. Mm -hmm. And just try to enjoy your sexuality because you'll have it until the day you die. Mm, And I hope that she lives to be a ripe old age of 100. So today we have a bonus segment and um, I figured that we could play a little game where you could tell us whether something is underrated or overrated as it relates to sex. So are you ready to take on this little game? Sure. Great. Okay, so I think we already know this one from you, but wearing lingerie, is it overrated or underrated? I think it's underrated. Yeah. You know, I don't even think about lingerie that often myself. I kind of just like buy underwear for like utility purposes. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know. I haven't thought about lingerie in a long time. Well, see, I have I have granny panties, you know, the full on cotton yep. panties that I wear to bed. Yeah. And then I have my thongs. That's great. And then I have matching bras with the thongs. Love that. It's so cute. But I have a whole collection of lingerie. Everything from little um, teddies to body stockings. And I like wearing lingerie. Yeah, you don't wear it for very long. Right. Yeah, that's the purpose yeah. of it. Or you yeah. could, I mean, like you said, you can parade around your own house. Yeah. Lingerie. That yeah. sounds nice. And, you yeah. know, to have a mirror around and go, oh, oh that's a good angle. Yeah. <laughs> you know, your chores. It's like, wow, that makes my butt look good. <laughs> I love that. Okay. So lingerie is underrated. What about dirty talk? Is that overrated for you or underrated? It's probably underrated. I've never yeah. been very good at it. Mm-hmm. But I have, uh, in the past three years, since I've had my OnlyFans, I have gotten better at it. And there's actually books on Amazon.com about mm. how to talk dirty. Wow. Oh. You know, if you're with a guy and you think maybe he's uh, kind of maybe losing a little bit of interest, his d- is going down a little bit, you know, <laughs> just whisper something in his ear, you know, like, oh, I really want your d- in my d- you know, and man, straight up. To right back up. <laughs> Save the day. Yeah. That's great. So dirty talk is something we should, uh, Amazon.com. Yeah. Yeah. What about hand jobs? Underrated or overrated? Oh, no. They're underrated. Underrated. They're really? If I give uh, a hand job to my boyfriend, uh-huh. it feels totally different than when he does it himself. That's and great. he goes, wow, he says, that's almost as good as being inside you. 
Wow. And you so, are a pro. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah, well, you know, <laughs> I had a lot of practice. Right. Yes. More hand jobs for everybody. Um, what about shower sex? I think it's overrated. Yeah. I'd have and, and the reason it's overrated <laughs> is a shower, unless you're very petite and can climb on board while he's standing, it isn't practical. And somebody's no. going to be under the water. The water. Yeah. 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 It's yeah, dangerous. So you got water streaming in your eyes and you're trying to make sure he gets off and holds your balance. <laughs> yeah. No. It's a mess. Thank you. Yeah. No. Sounds like you could also get injured. That's what, yeah. that's what yeah. I always think of. Yeah, you I've know, he injuries. drives your yeah. back into the, the turn-on knob. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I think, too, that having water on yourself is actually really bad for lubrication. Like, it's kind yeah. of, it gives a It'll reverse wash effect. It'll it away. Yeah, so it's uh, not very, doesn't feel that great either. It's better in theory, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then our last item on the underrated, overrated is BDSM. What do you think about it? Um. I think it's underrated. Underrated. I had a whole lot of clients that were into BDSM. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's a big subject. You yes, know, yeah. um, everything from, you know, using a flogger and giving them a little spanking, mm-hmm. you know, to using nipple clamps and mm-hmm. a little device. It's like a spiked wheel on a handle mm-hmm. and it's very sharp. It's like mm-hmm. having needles injected into your testicles. Oh, you know, yeah. I, I don't get it. I don't have to understand something in order to do it. Yeah. You know, when yeah. it comes to, you know, sex, I don't have to understand right. it. There's possibilities with BDSM that's gentle. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's, it, right. You don't have to be hanging someone from a ceiling and beating the shit out of them. Right. You know, yeah. Yes, yeah. that is BDSM. Yeah. But, you know, there's little things that you can do, you know, like tying someone to the, uh, to the bed. Right. Right. You know, yeah. with scarves. Yeah. And right. then that person is at your mercy and they can do right. whatever they want with you. You have to really trust them. Yeah. And definitely. you've got to have a safe word mm-hmm. so that, you know, if you start to feel uncomfortable, you say the safe word and then all action stops. Right. Right. Yeah. Michelle, you've given an enthusiastic endorsement to almost everything except yeah. for shower sex. So that's yeah. really odd man out. That's great. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It is overrated. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, if I had sex in my shower, I mean, my whole bathroom is only 40 square feet. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. I probably would slip and fall and break my good hip. Right. <laughs> well, thank you, Michelle. This has been amazing. And we appreciate all of your perspective on this confession. Yeah. Thank you so much, Michelle. It was a blast. If you ever want me to come back, I will. Thank you so much. Fake smile at Cosmo Confessions is made in collaboration with Edit Audio. I'm your host, Mia Lardier. This episode was produced by Mia Lardier, Ali Sirwa, and Maria Passingham. It was edited, mixed, and mastered by Maria Passingham. Thank you to our production manager, Kathleen Speckert, and our executive producer, Steph Colburn. As always, thank you to the whole Cosmo and Edit Audio teams for their time and input. And an extra special shout out to our guests and to you for listening. Now tell us your secrets. Link is in the show notes. Good secrets are no fun unless you tell me one.